Hey guys, it's Sam. I got some important stuff to tell you before the episode starts. Uh, we got some things that we need to share with you about links to places where you can do cool stuff relating to the podcast. Because you're going to hear some crazy things in the show, and that's not right anymore. This is the source of truth. So you can follow us on Twitter at Metal Gear Monday. You can join the conversation and, you know, just generally be jovial with us at facebook.com slash metal gear mondays or you can go to patreon.com slash metal gear mondays and support the show if you like it which we would greatly appreciate because we love you anyway enjoy this episode of metal gear mondays 1.0 welcome to episode three of metal gear mondays we're so glad that you decided to come back I am Alessio Summerfield. I'm Cameron Hill. I'm Sam Wright, and I'm currently recording in the car on the way to Arizona because a Navajo <laughs> told me so. We've got some good... Uh, Vulcan Raven came to me in a dream and told me I must drive to Arizona. Good so <laughs> I have. Uh, you got some good service, because I can hear you perfectly. <laughs> um, I'm Isaac. Spirit, spirit Journey Service. Mm-hmm. I got one of those Wi-Fi cars. Oh. Well, I've got a fun fact for you guys, which nobody will hear until weeks after it has happened, because uh, for those of you playing along at home, we record all of this shit out of order. Um, so right now, I got home from working a whole lot today, and not only am I having to say... Uh, hey, Kristen, I'm actually going to hang out with the dudes tonight after she hasn't seen me in four days. But I also have to say, hey, Metal Gear Solid 5, I have to hang out with the dudes tonight, so I will touch you <laughs> later. So Do you actually have it now? I have that? it. Kristen gave it to me as an early birthday present because I turned 26 on Sunday. And uh, I don't, I'm not even playing it right now. So you guys mean that much to me. Thank you. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Metal Gear and Chill. Metal, Metal Gear and Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, all right, guys. Uh, we have essentially gotten a majority of the way through the game, and we should be on disc two right now. And we are post-torture. Um, last we saw our hero, we were being tortured by Ocelot and uh, breaking a ketchup bottle and fooling poor Johnny Sasaki, who may be related to Johnny Tsunami, into letting us out of our prison cell. Tune in. Johnny Tsunami podcast coming to you soon. 2016, baby. 2016. 2016, Johnny Tsunami. We just put an ominous countdown website somewhere online. It's a countdown to a countdown to a fake announcement trailer. Thanks, Hideo. <laughs> but yeah, so here we are. We are uh, making our way to the two calm towers. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to a part that uh, I literally got trapped on for the longest fucking time. So you guys can laugh at me this time. Um, so Were essentially, you eight years old at the time? No, I think... I don't remember how old I was when I played it. Yeah, I think it was like nine or ten. But still, oh. but oh. still, <laughs> All right, I wasn't so. throwing out like a super specific number. Oh. Um. So here we are. Essentially, uh, we have broken out of our little torture cell, and uh, no matter what you do, this camera in this hallway will be alerted to you. Um, but there aren't any guards in the area, so it's not a big deal. Until you get to this super fucking tricky, annoying room. 
Um, essentially, what you are going to do is you have to um, step outside and cross this kind of walk path um, that's kind of extended out um, from the side of the building. The shit thing, and we talked about it, I think, in the previous episode, is that uh, with the camera being top down the way that it is, you can't see in front of you. And the problem here is that if you switch to first person, the enemies don't show up because the draw distance is too far away. But I don't know if you guys remember this part. Do you remember the part with the long outdoor walkway and there's three guards at the other end? Yes. yes. Weren't you uh, just supposed to like run past them? You're supposed to use the sniper rifle. Yeah, you like shoot one, and then they go and they hide, and it looks like you're supposed to like chase them, but then they just like come right back, and then you yeah. have to like take them out one by one like that. It's a fucking nightmare. It's pretty annoying. Literally, me and a good friend of mine, which shout out to uh, Arthur Sams, who, if I remember correctly, was the first person that I ever like played this game with. Um, he uh, he and I were stuck on this part, and literally, we, we every time we would die, we would just swap controllers and try and figure it out, and it took us fucking forever. Um, another way to do it too is I think you can throw stun grenades and then just run through. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. But right after that, there's a frozen door. You've got to blow it up with some C4, and then we start doing this whole kind of tower climb. Um, I'm gonna yeah, kind of with the with the fucking rope. Yeah, with with the rope, man. Um, but essentially, I'm going to kind of speed us through this because it's kind of just running upstairs for a majority of it. Um, mm, it was a lot more than that to me. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it, <laughs> What you got for me? All about it. Tell me. Um, I don't know. It sounded like Isaac had something. What you I got, think we Isaac? both had something. Why don't you guys so do it at the same time? All right. Oh, no. no. <laughs> it really sucked. Climbing yeah. those stairs. Mm-hmm. In what way? Um, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just the angle. The, the camera angles made it really hard to see what. Um, I guess everything. I don't know. And then I, I would always die, um, as always. So. Yep. Um, kind of off topic. Uh. Does Isaac know what he just did with that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, that what did was he like do? Spot on. It sounded like Gary Butterfield. Oh my god! Um, yeah, he did with that. But um, mm-hmm. I, I forgot about that. He used to do that all the time. Yeah, um, oh, well, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking of a different uh, calm tower. This oh, one was actually they're like back, they're back to back, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of B, which gave me a lot of problems. A, which is where you're. Uh, ascending um Mm -hmm. was actually really easy because i just timed out throwing stun grenades and i never like touched anybody or had them touch me like Mm. so that was fairly simple i guess well sounds like you had the right idea and the right plan because i did not do that and i kept on dying because they kept on i don't know it was weird like i would um throw throw a stun grenade and then it would stun them for a little bit, but then they would catch up and then punch me. And you know, <laughs> yeah. So then I would, I would get, uh, I would get stunned, and then I would try to throw another stun grenade, and then you know I'd just die. Yeah, it's one. It's one of those moments where like if you get hit once because of the awkward angles, like even people that are 
like you can't even see yet that can be shooting at you and stuff. And like you'll just yeah. keep getting knocked down and knocked down. And like I definitely died a massive amount of times before I was like, okay, how how can I get around this? Because I obviously can't just shoot my way through it and had to like pull the stun thing. Yeah, I will say, um, and I and I do think that we're all kind of kind of jumbling them together because apparently the I I'd forgotten that the big giant shootout doesn't happen until after the hind D fight. Mm-hmm. Um where you're yeah. racing down the stairs. But um what I was gonna say was uh not only when they start adding the gun turrets, like that gets ridiculous. And then the other thing is I think it's around this part of the game that you find the body armor, which I yeah. almost think is like necessary for all of the shots that you're not gonna dodge. Yeah. So I don't know. For all the, I like that for all the shots that you're not. <laughs> yeah, but um, and I'm sure Cameron can attest to this. This is 100 percent copy pasted from Metal Gear One and Metal Gear Two. Um, because there are stair ascending and descending sort of races to get away from people shooting at you in both of those games. Um, um the uh, when you say the machine things, um. Like like the surveillance cameras with yeah turrets with the on machine them. turrets yeah yeah I don't I don't think they're in the same one as the one with all the people in it I think oh, that was just, oh that that's was right like that's the way you're heading down yeah sorry and that one was like let me swap out my stun grenade for my chaff yeah that's but true. I blew all my chaffs on the way up and then on the way down I was like ah damn it I, I hate it when just I blow kinda, my chaff wad yeah dude <laughs> blow my chaffs all day but. Yeah, and I apologize for anybody listening as well. This, uh, at least the latter half of the game for Sam and I might be hazy because we did not do our due diligence and play along with Cameron and Isaac. And uh, after the extensive talk of the demo being played to death, I definitely think the first half of the game is more burned into my memory than the latter half. Oh, for sure, yeah. The thing about um, the thing about the concert for me, I don't remember anything, almost anything about that part except for the repelling. Oh, which yeah. I which I remember hating with an intense passion. Well, because what? Because you mentioned the three guards at the end of the hallway, but you repel before you see them. Oh, uh, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. My bad. Well, yeah. Sam, if you'd like to talk about your repelling, <laughs> I I don't. I didn't like it. It was. It seemed, as far as I can remember, it seemed really fiddly. Even like for a PS One game. Yeah. Like playing it back in the day, like it was really hard to control and kind of unnecessary. Almost, yeah. I'd almost rather run down the tower. And I get that they put it in there to sort of, like, spin it a little bit and make it a little bit different, but I think it would have been better served if they would have just had you run down the tower on the other side. Mm-hmm. Isaac, sorry, what'd you sorry think? about that. Yeah, I didn't care for the, the rope oh. repelling either. I mean, it wasn't difficult. It was just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just think it's kind of bad design to be like, here's this one thing that you have to learn how to do, and you're going to do it for a minute, and then you're never going to have to do it again for the rest of the game. Like well, that's, I, the tor- that's the torture sequence as well, and the jeep driving. Spoiler alert. Uh, torture lasts significantly longer than this repel thing, depending upon like how you fail. It's, so does the fucking jeep thing, dear Well, God. you repel twice, I think, don't you? No, just the once. And yeah. if you just... Like, I, I tried to get all the items, and I was trying to be all sneaky and, like, I don't know, learn the controls, and I was like, I don't know. Eventually, I was, I just said it's a lot easier just to hold down and hit X and just get this over with. Yeah. 
than it was to like yeah. learn the intricacies of this mini game. Because <laughs> the thing with the torture is that it has like implications for the story. Mm-hmm. The repelling just is kind of useless. Yeah. Personally, I think. Uh, I don't even know how the fuck Snake has enough time to set up a repelling point while he's being shot at by a helicopter. Oh, Jesus. Solid snake. While it's exploding, like, missile has already hit. He's He says, okay, let me tie this rope down. And, like, sets it up yeah. and is off the building that quickly. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is the only redeeming factor of this minigame. Is yeah. how quickly Snake puts it together. But yeah, that leads us to all that stuff we talked about in the towers, and then we get to fight the Hind D, which um, we mentioned this in the first episode, I think. But um, I just want to want to reiterate here that when the helicopter fires the missile at him in the GameCube version, he does a kickflip off of it. <laughs> so I just want to bring up how ridiculous that is again, please. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Perfect. Before going to the hind D fight, you do have to run across an elevator that you can't use, and the mm. elevator comes back in the big, bad, awesome way, like, oh, yeah. after the helicopter fight, which is actually one of my favorite parts in the whole game. Um, but yeah, so with the hind D fight, um, essentially, Snake and Liquid get into a dick measuring contest on the roof, yelling at each other, and uh, <laughs> uh, Snake does not realize that... Uh, Liquid may actually be a little bit more uh, equipped for the job than he is, even though he just ran from the missiles, so I don't know why he decides to just go balls out. But anyway, so we take our Stinger missile, and the um, I would say for me, a good half, if not three quarters of the entire fight happened in the first person view of the Stinger missiles. What about you guys? I, I mean, wait, what? I missed all of that somehow. Oh, you're fine. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to cue a wet fart sound effect for after I ask that question. Um, no, so essentially, um, you can't hit the hind D except for with the stinger missiles. Right. right. So I played a majority of the boss fight like in first-person view almost the entire time. I know that that's obviously the tactic, but it does tend to get harder once you get through kind of the first phase because then he kind of gets a little bit more liberal with his uh, missile fire. Um, how did you guys find this boss fight? I, f- I feel like for, for most of the game, I tried to avoid doing first person as often as I could because I didn't. it, it always disoriented me. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the few times I used it was like uh, when you had to fire the, the launcher at the power box yeah. um, back in the, the nuclear disposal building. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was the easiest way to to hit the helicopter in this battle. I don't feel I feel like I feel like it is. Yeah. Like, well, when you equip the stinger it like it forces you to be in first person. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it was always just so jarring and disorienting. Yeah. I remember I remember trying to I remember trying to shoot the um the uh, helicopter with the with the FAMAS. Oh yeah. Uh because I I forgot that I picked up the stinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. <laughs> Isaac, how'd you uh, how'd you do with this one? Uh, this one wasn't that bad actually. I, I mean, I used the stinger obviously, um, but it was just shoot and then run around the little uh, what do you call it? the shipping container, get out of his sight, and then you know shoot again. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, I I died a lot, of course, but you know, 
It wasn't the most frustrating boss for me. Mm. Sweet. Cam- yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard boss. Yeah. I don't think. It was kind of like a spectacle kind of showpiece, I guess. It was actually kind of fun too because unlike the other bosses, I guess other other than the tank, um it kind of has like a sense of urgency to it because it's just like, man, if I don't frantically run around on this tiny spot, like yeah. I'm going to get blown up. Mhm. So, I don't know. Cool. Um Cam- did, did we ask Cameron? Yeah, I think both times he just said, mm. Oh, no, that was just me <laughs> responding. Um, no, he asked me and then Sam had something to say. Uh, stop me if I'm being too negative, I guess. But um, All right, let me stop you. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. All right. I, this boss fight was really easy. There wasn't that sense of urgency that you speak of with trying to run around and um, do all this stuff. It was pretty much like hide on one side. There's a certain point where he comes up, you take your shot, he gives you way too much time to aim, run to the other side because he's going to go to the other side. Um, and this sort of started a... Uh, no, 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 never mind, it didn't start. Um, this kind of continued uh, Metal Gear bosses being really difficult and you dying consistently to them, but as soon as you figure out their pattern, um, it just becomes... I mean, obviously, once you know what to do, it's it's easy, but then it feels like you have to do the same thing like 30 times. Um, so it felt a little drawn out, but yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like the missiles definitely do not do as much damage to this helicopter as they should. Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. like in real life, if you hit a helicopter with <laughs> yeah. a missile, it's going down. So <laughs> when you think about it in that way. It's maybe weird. maybe the helicopter is also genetically modified. Perhaps. Nanomachine. Which is totally something that we skipped every single time that we talked about anything. So the terrorists want Big Boss's body, but it's for a very specific reason. Uh, all of the enemy soldiers that you encounter are actually genetically modified to be essentially clones of Big Boss or use his DNA to be better soldiers. So, which is funny because they're the stupidest soldiers in the entire series for the most part. But let's blame that on their genetic degradation. But anyway, so they want the remainders of Big Boss because if they don't continue to have genetic therapy, they will die quicker than normal human beings. So it's a little bit of a Star Wars trope, I guess, in the fact that, like, oh, all the clone troopers are clones. Um but that is kind of the the premise is that a majority of the soldiers that you encounter in the game are actually like genetically mutated to kind of be super soldiers, which is why they're called the genome soldiers. Um, but yeah, so and also liquid is this. So I just wanted to backtrack before we get to the end of the game and not talk about it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so once you wrap up this fight, um, liquid essentially becomes a flaming ball and the whole helicopter kind of takes off or I guess he's smoking badly and he just flies off. Um, Snake has a Kodak conversation. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. Can anybody refresh my memory as to what happens post fight that makes besides Otacon saying, Hey, the elevator is fixed. Why did we come to the roof to begin with? Um, You go to the roof because is it because the helicopter is just like waiting for you? Is that why they? Is that uh, why it goes to the No, room? it's it's this. Um, 
the pathway, all right, so if you go into the comm tower and you try and walk down, you know, the path is, like, fucked up. Uh-huh. So you have to use the elevator. And at that uh-huh. point, the um, there's, like, boxes blocking your way. And the only way you can go is up. And that's just, like, there's uh, no real right. reason. It's, like, you're just trying to figure out what you should be doing. Okay. So after their conversation and the helicopter goes away, Otacon phones you and says, Yo, dog, got the elevator fixed, which leads to <laughs> the dopest shit oh, ever. Oh, I love this part. Because oh, when you get in the elevator, he calls you and says, There's... Um, there's some dudes in the elevator yeah. wearing stealth suits. It's so good. Well, and like the build up to it is the best part because it's like Snake gets on the elevator and then the overweight uh, siren goes off and it's like meh. And Otacon and Snake are like, that's peculiar. Like, this elevator's cleared for 650 pounds. Like, why am I setting it off? And then not only that, but like shortly thereafter, while the elevator is in movement, Otacon like phones Snake back and he's like, Hey, do you remember what happened to the stealth suits in the lab? Like, I only see one of them. We had, like, four or five. And uh, as soon as you get off, you realize, like, oh, shit, there are people in the corners of the elevator that are stealthed. And it's, uh, it's super intense. The one thing that I don't dig about it is I believe after you kill the four that are in the elevator with you that more dudes just, like, mysteriously pop up. Is it just the four, or is there more than four? I can't remember. It's just the four. I, I think okay. it's just yeah. the four. Yeah. Okay. Metal Gear 2 definitely has, like, endless elevator mode, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But, but, but yeah. The thing the thing that I don't recall about this, and, and it seems kind of dumb, because if you don't complete the game and then get the stealth suit at the end, why wouldn't you be able to pick one up off of these guys? That always bothered me. It's true. Maybe it's also invisible, and Snake does not know how to pick it up. <laughs> so uh, that thermal goggle is for a silly banana? It's, it's true. Um, Isaac, what did you think of this part? Um, I thought it was cool. I mean... Did you get spooked? Was, did you get as spooked as Otacon got? Little, His face was like crammed into the little screen. I will say, the first time... <laughs> <laughs> The first time it did, I mean, okay, because I died. Let's let's be honest, I died here too. But the first time uh, the cutscene happened, whatever the codec cutscene, I was way into it. I was like, ah, what? Ah, there's somebody in here. Ah. And then uh, Otacon goes, yeah, and I'm like, ah. And then you know, um, and then I have to shoot some guys, and then I, you know. So that part was like, eh, okay, I'll just shoot you and you. But the cutscene was really cool. I, w- I want to see a super cut of every time Isaac died. Just like, it's like a two-hour YouTube video, and it's like the middle of like the most tense moment of the game. They're like, Snake, you've got to do something, and it exits the codec, and immediately Isaac just gets like shot in the face and dies every time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I'll sing, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Cam Dog, what was what was your? It reminded me of like a Jurassic Park moment, so I almost want to call it like the Michael Crichton experience. What was your Michael Crichton experience, Cameron? Um, I liked it. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this part. But I, I just uh, thought it was interesting. I like that reveal, uh, the, like the whole conversation building up to it and whatnot. Yeah, sick. 
Well, actually, I fucked up, and uh, disc two happens after this next fight. Yeah. So we're not on disc two yet, but we're about to be. All right, so you come out of this shit. You come out of there. You get out of the elevator. We go outside in the snow, and poor Otacon, not only did somebody steal all of his stealth suits, but Snake's about to steal his heart. <laughs> um, we get outside, and uh, little, little Miss Sniper Wolf, who... Uh, scratched snake and gave him her little death mark has come back to claim her prize and so we kind of get into this like if you played Metal Gear Solid 3 any it's almost like a prototype for what the fight with the end will be um yeah, which is super three. cool um but I, essentially I, we're uh, oh, I never fu- spoilers but I never fought the end uh, did, did you fuck up? You cheated every time. I not every time, but like the first time I cheated, uh, a, and I didn't. What? And I didn't realize. I didn't realize what I was doing. Sorry. No, Sam's jumping ahead a little bit. But there's a boss yeah. that you can cheese like a motherfucker in Metal Gear Solid Three. I, I think oh. there's actually three ways to cheat to get around him. Um, or two ways. There's two ways for sure. Um, yeah. but anyway, um, so we are out in the snowfield, and you are in another sniper battle, except. Unlike before, which it seemed like most of our complaints were that the whole thing was happening in this giant hallway, um, you kind of have free reign. So you can kind of hide behind trees, um, hide on like little hills, run around, but it's you and Sniper Wolf kind of in like a sniper fight, like a enemy at the gates moment, if you've seen that movie. Um, and it's pretty neat. Um, Cameron, did you were you frustrated with this as much as you were with the first Sniper Wolf fight? Uh, no, and I also didn't. I didn't have any of the. Um, what What is the drug that you take to like? Oh, diazepam. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had no diazepam, but I still managed to to do this a hell of a lot easier than the first one. Um, I, I think she waits around a lot, and she'll. I mean, she'll like run to a spot, and she'll sit there for like a good minute. And then she'll flip around. She has to like set up and aim and stuff like that. And it was just, it was a lot easier. It was nice. Isaac, hey, um, how did you feel? So this one, all right. I <clears throat> backtracking to the first time we had, I had to we had to fight her. Um, I got frustrated. I don't know if you remember, but I got frustrated because I couldn't aim worth anything. Yeah, no, I remember you were stuck on it for a little bit. Yeah. So, um, at this point, I was like, I'm not going to do this again. So, I look up, actually, Bilbo Boy's guide. <laughs> Shout out to Bilbo Boy. <laughs> yo, yo, Boy. Bro, Bilbo. <laughs> Metal Gear Monday sponsored by Bilbo Boy. <laughs> and he says to get take the Nikita and... Oh, my God. Overkill. Yeah, no, I was, I was reading, and that's what I did the first time I did, too, because I couldn't hit her with the sniper rifle. So, I said, I'm going to use missiles. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> and it was, Doesn't she shoot the missiles, though? Uh, no, no. If, if you can, if you can like finagle it behind her, can't, <laughs> she can't shoot it. If no, you can shadow Moses drift, you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam's dead, everybody. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Oh, I love that shadow Moses drift. All right, get yeah. get back to it, Isaac. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can get. You go into first-person mode with the Nikita, and so you just fire the missile, get in first-person mode, and just aim it, uh, or just, I guess, go to wherever she is, and then 
blow her up. Um, I mean, you still have to shoot it like five or six times, but uh, it was super easy, and I didn't have to worry about sniping. It'd be pretty rad if it was like semi realistic, and you just like pop her once, and it's just done. <laughs> Man, that's what I was Sam, hoping, but you know, Sam, you got any tidbits other than uh, the fact that you used the Nikita? I've cheated in every single sniper boss ever. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> that's your track. The, the thing about this one, though, compared to because I kind of get uh, Cameron's frustrations about the first one in the hallway, but. Um, the difference here is that it's a little more open. You have a little bit more choice about where you want to go and do it. It's, it's fun. It's just if it's just fun if you do it the right yeah. way. There's not a lot of things in this field, but I do think that it might be as big as the heliport area, mm-hmm. if not bigger, which is kind of nice. Because uh, I know we were talking about how the game never really like opens back up like that again. Yeah. But it's funny because right after this, it closes up again a lot in, in a hardcore type of way. Yeah. A freaking blast furnace. man. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, right after this, whenever you finish, uh, fighting sniper wolf, she goes down for the count. Ocelot, uh, Otacon kind of comes out of nowhere and, uh, he has the first of his many emotional breakdowns. Oh, yeah, sad. for sure. He has, he has, yeah, he, he has one like, breakdown he's, he's, per game and this is his breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like he fell in love with her. Yeah, did you guys um, feel... I remember as a kid feeling like I did not pick up that there was anything there. But I do remember playing through it several other times and, and noticing just like little things here and there where like Otacon will offhandedly mention something about Sniper Wolf here and there, um, kind of leading up to it. But did you guys feel like it kind of came out of nowhere? Yeah. The first few times I did. Um, it, it, but just like you, like as I got older and played it more, you kind of notice little things about it. Yeah, he's just being little, and I can't recall. Like to me, it seemed like it was a complete, like just unrequited love. Like she didn't care about him. Obviously, do you guys feel that way too, or did I miss the mark a little bit? Um, am I being am I being like am I remembering where didn't she mention something about him like as she was dying? But yeah, because she's definitely dying in his arms. Yeah, I can't. But I can't remember if um, if she mentioned something about like liking loving him back, or if like she was just. I can't remember the conversation. Is what I'm saying. So maybe Cameron or Isaac could clarify. Um, I can't. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. This supposed to, yeah. supposed to be our safety. Um, there is really, there is really no mention. I mean, I think the love kind of came out of nowhere, and then I think they try and say like oh no they did have moments before you just didn't see them and mm-hmm. it none of it really made sense because I, I think she makes some mention to where it's like you you helped me feed my wolves or whatever the fuck um, something along those lines I but, remember that exact phrase being said that would be amazing <laughs> um <laughs> Feed wolves and chill. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah, you used to help me feed my wolves and whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's a direct quote. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah. So as soon as you get through that, you essentially walk through. I think any of the doors kind of all go to the same place. There's just the mm-hmm. one big door. Um, we officially go to disc two. 
here in like a room or two, but there's just the big empty room with a shit ton of missiles. Or not missiles, excuse me, cameras. Um, which are fun to blow up with missiles. Um, and we slowly start to see some foreshadowing of some ravens. And then mm-hmm. disc two. It's almost time. Can I take a, <laughs> can I take a quick poll? Sure. How many people got knocked off when they were in the blast furnace? <laughs> oh, gosh. By the crane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to come swinging back, and I, I think the first time I played it, I didn't fully grasp that I could still crouch. So it definitely <laughs> took me down a few times. Because you have to, like, sneaky sneak on that little ledge, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the only point of the game where you ledge? I think it is, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Bro, do you even ledge, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but do you even ledge? Do you even crouch when you ledge? <laughs> do my ledge squats. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even know there were fucking guys in this room because I was so paying attention to all of the molten everything Yeah. that mm-hmm. when I finally got to the other side, it really freaked me out. As soon as we get through here, which we will be back, and thank God we don't have to go anywhere other than this. Uh, you well, mean the... You mean the the second worst part of the game after backtracking to get the sniper rifle? Dude, I think it's the fucking hands down the worst part of the whole game. Um, yeah. But we'll get to it here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you will be reacquainted with this molten room. Um, and I honestly, I think in trying to think of the verisimilitude of the space, um, would this be where they dispose of the nuclear weapons? Like, well, what are they doing with a fucking blast furnace in this area? I don't know. Probably. I mean, wouldn't, like, molten something or other do something to set them off? I guess. I don't know anything about nuclear radiation. Because if I can't fire a gun in a room with a bunch of them, then why would uh, why would molten lava <laughs> yeah. be any better? It would probably uh, speed it up, actually. Yeah. So why does this exist? For the key card or whatever, you know, <laughs> specifically <laughs> for that purpose. They're like, wait we a minute. Just need like a really hot room <laughs> to like make this key card work. It's like, why don't we just put it in the microwave? No, we need a blast furnace. Man. <laughs> Do we Build have a furnace. sauna or a hot tub available? <laughs> no. no, only lava. <laughs> Secretly, uh, if you beat the game a hundred times and you come back in tuxedo snake mode, you will see that Chris Redfield from Resident Evil Five is in the middle of the lava punching boulders. Ooh. What? No, I'm kidding. That's a Resident Evil 5 joke. It, has anybody played that? Oh, God. The yeah, end of the okay. game is the fucking main character punching rocks inside of an active volcano. Yeah. Isaac no, and Cameron. Thanks for spoiling I it for re- me. Oh, man. I remember. That old game. <laughs> now Cameron can never play Resident Evil 5. What a travesty. Yeah. That's a fun co-op game. Anyway. No, it's not. That, that's for our Resident Evil podcast. Um, I like to just pretend that we all have like 25 podcast shows that we each host on the side Mm -hmm. alright so anyway we go through the doors and uh, I believe that the little cargo elevator is here as well and we enter this gigantic room filled with shipping containers and some friendly birds Cameron tell me about your first time with the Vulcan Raven Uh, the Vulcan Raven uh, this guy, actually, he glitched out and he got stuck, and <laughs> yes. he was really, um, so, like, he launches off his thing, and then some boxes fall down, and then he's inside the boxes, 
So <laughs> I just like launched missiles, and he would just stand there and take it, and then yes. it was over. Did he spout little one-liners while you just sat there punishing him? Yeah, and they like it was glitching <laughs> out, and the audio was like really weird. So like he's walking, and you hear like the metal from it, and it was like. <laughs> like it, it was just a really strange thing but it was, it was neat he's making music for you he loves you thanks Vulcan but yeah this, <laughs> this guy thanks, Vul- thanks daddy Vulcan for music. <laughs> and, and like yeah. everything about this game was like fairly acceptable as far as like oh they're just trying to tell a story and then it just gets really um uh I'm, I'm missing the word um are you talking about it just, it just banana really fuck crazy? crazy when like a raven flies out of his head and then you hear <laughs> in the background and I, I don't know that was a big moment for me that really kept me, uh, kept me trying nano to... machines uh, don't worry about the floating psychic that can set fire to the room or the shapeshifter but yeah I totally feel you <laughs> I was gonna say like I just yeah I, I feel like at this point I was like fuck it like I'm waiting for like reptile men and like superman to show up yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's good um, Isaac what'd you think of the raven this little, this little puzzle um, boss he's my favorite so, oh, you liked him? Well, I mean, I think he's as a character, he's I enjoy him. Awesome. Um the the fight was not terrible. Um I kind of liked it actually just running around and then <clears throat> having to uh shoot him up, I guess is the term. <laughs> um, that is in the industry. <laughs> that's what the kids yeah. say these days. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything. Uh, again, the thing that stole the show was the cutscene after when you when you defeat him, but mm-hmm. um, and his body gets picked apart by <laughs> voids. Mm-hmm. By the voids. By the voids. I, I think that the boss fight kind of um, it appears more difficult than it is because he's so large and like you can't really shoot him with guns. But like once you once you realize that you can shoot missiles up his ass, like all like like all day, pump that ass, <laughs> pump pump that ass with missiles. It really it really hit me. You really figure out how easy it is. I'm over uber uncomfortable. I I have one quick question. How does he not burn the living shit out of himself with that giant canister full of ammunition on his back that is speeding through the minigun? The raven. Yeah, I'd have to agree. As the Sioux people know, the <laughs> raven, the snake has no hands with which to scratch its back. <laughs> it just crawls on its belly. Um. Uh. uh Cryptic uh, metaphor. Yes. Um. So this is also an exact copy paste boss of the boss that you have to fight with the RC missile from Metal Gear One. Um. Cameron, do you remember that guy? Um, he was a little different. Yeah, uh, no, I know, but like, like the agile. yeah, but the um, the uh, sort of format of how to deal with them is similar. Yeah, um, hide behind something, launch the missile, and like aim it and try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, the guy that you're talking about is the impetus behind Skinny Man. Ah, it's nice to see where things come from. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle. It's all coming back. You should uh, link that. 
that I, I know. I need to find it. So quick aside for everybody, me and my friend Blake Engelman, which shout out to old, old friends. Um, yeah, and Isaac's friend, Blake. Cameron, did you ever meet Blake? Um, I knew of him. You knew the, of him. The, the legend. The le- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but me and Blake, we were we used to film movies uh, out near his dad's plot of land. And uh, we did like a Metal Gear pa- parody, but it was called Plastic Automatic Liquid instead of Metal Gear Solid. Oh. Um, I and I need that. to see if I can find it so that I can link oh. it. Because it's real good. I like Isaac's response. Oh. Wasn't Blake's oh. sister in that too? Yeah, she was. There were a bunch of people in that. It was really random. Um, but anyway, so after all of that junk, we finally get the level 7 key card, and we finally get to fucking see Metal Gear. Yeah, Metal Gear. Metal <laughs> the first Gear. time. Yeah. How did you, what did you guys think about that walk-up, Sam? That was great, dude. That it was sh- a good. Re- it was a good reveal. Yeah, that like, shit was I, ominous. Like, you just kind of want to stand there and look at, like, because because it's kind of not nearly as big of a spectacle in like the later games because you're so used to it at this point. But like, the first time you see Metal Gear, you're like, why? What is this thing? And it's huge, and I I, I like it. <laughs> I want to give it a hug. Yeah, I want to hug it. <laughs> it's so cute. You're cutie. <laughs> I was like, Metal Gear is such a cutie. Isaac, did you think Metal Gear was as cute as Snake? He was... <laughs> <In his> little <laughs> flippies. <laughs> uh, you know how I feel about metal beings, okay? No, Never man. cute. Cold, okay. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was cool, though. I mean, the, the whole... Reveal, I guess. But then... Uh, <clears throat> oh, what? I was just gonna say I really do like how as you walk the camera like tilts. Yeah, I really like that part actually. Now that you mentioned that, Mm -hmm. damn dog, you got you got (laughs) any fire to spit? Um, damn, it is gonna be fire, and I apologize. I thought this reveal was really really great, um, and it just like further hammered in the point of Metal Gear games consistently giving me something that's really dope and then like making me wait forever um (laughs) so it's like hey here's metal gear this is what you've been waiting for are you pumped are you excited are you ready are you ready to see what this is all about and then it's like hey actually can you just climb all over this deadly machine 12 (laughs) times to like run back and forth and do all this shit like spend over an hour by like, I don't know, by the third time that I'm climbing over this thing, I'm seeing it as like, oh, this is such a nuisance, as opposed to, well, this thing is amazing. And, uh, yeah. Who knew, man? Hideo Kojima was George Lucas, uh, like, reincarnated Eastern. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I had the exact same problems with, like, the Star Wars prequels, where it's like, hey, do you like this really cool thing? Well, you're gonna have to wait two and a half hours, and then yeah. you're gonna see it for ten seconds. Mm-hmm. But no, I feel you. But I'm gonna go ahead and say, guys, and let's fucking pull your pitchforks and your torches and your machine guns out. This is the worst goddamn part of the game. Immediately after the one of the coolest reveals in the entire game, yeah. like mm-hmm. Jesus I, yeah, Christ. I've, I've been thinking about it. Um, I've been thinking about it since uh, I said second, and it's certainly the worst. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's garbage. But before we enter shit territory, you do climb up the Metal Gear. You get this kind of interesting cutscene where, which feels so fucking like Saturday morning cartoon. Like, it's like, man, Snake's head is clearly visible looking into this office. And Ocelot and uh, Liquid are just kind of having like their bad guy powwow. Let's talk about the plan meeting. Where it's just like, hey, Sam, do you want to go meet in a very tall spot and stand where Isaac and Cameron can find us and just sit here and talk about how we're going to kill them in their sleep? Like, yeah. that was pretty much what happened. Like, it's it's bananas. Wait, we're still going to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just me alluding to it. Um, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so as soon as they conveniently leave, um, Snake goes in there and he's like, what the fuck is this? And you find the pal key, or he already has the pal key, but he hears them talking about how to do it. Anyway, finally initiates uh, his And part. that key is not your pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It was in, um, so Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero's the Deja Vu mission at the end. I said that weird. The Deja Vu mission. The Deja Vu. <laughs> yeah. Keep trying. De- keep deja trying. <laughs> deja Vu. Like we're going to Club Deja Vu tonight <laughs> after the podcast. Deja Vu. Um, but the Deja Vu mission uh, at the very end has a quiz. And since it's a Metal Gear Solid 1 throwback, there's a hard mode and a normal mode quiz. And one of the uh, questions was, what does PAL stand for? And I cannot fucking remember. So I'm going to look it up really quick. Uh, Pretty awesome. Permissive action link. Left dad. <laughs> left dad? What? <laughs> Pretty awesome oh. left dad. One word, left ads. <laughs> <laughs> what is the answer? Permissive action link. Okay, anyway, I think I guessed it at random and got it on that quiz. So yeah, so essentially the premise for those of you who are playing along with the show or have not played the games and you're vicariously playing through us talking about it, which I apologize, we're skipping a lot of detail. Um, what this key is, uh, you will come to find... Oh, the key gets dropped into the goddamn ditch below the Metal Gear, and you have to run down and get it. Yeah, That's what happens. Which, which is step <laughs> one which is, of the yeah. worst thing ever. Which is step one of fucking, like, 20. Um, anyway, so you find it, but you can't find it unless you fucking walk every square step of the ditch. Um, and once you finally grab it, you realize that this key changes shape based on what temperature it's at. And not only is there just like a room temperature and a cold temperature and a hot temperature, but if you spend too much time, like say, like, let's just say, just think about this for a second. You spend over an hour going to where the cold place is, but you realize on the way back that you have to cross through the hot place. If you take too long on the hot place and you get all the way to the control room and you go, why isn't it working? And you look in your inventory and it's cooled back to room temperature and you got to do it again. Just multiply that times three because yep. that's what you do. Yep. Yep. I think it's, it's the other way around though. Yeah. It's, it's fu- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking yeah, you terrible. Go, you though. go hot and then you go into the cold to get back. To the it's room. fucking terrible. Yeah. What? So Cameron, I remember off mic, you definitely were telling me that you were considering not finishing the game at this point. Yeah. So tell, tell me more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) feed me yeah uh, with with what I mentioned before with it just being like such a buzzkill um, I don't know I was was playing the game uh, I think I mentioned in in two sittings I played the the game um, which actually turned into three because of this 
But like I was trying to beat it that night, and then when when this whole pal thing showed up, I, I just it really threw me off, and then I didn't want to play the game, and then I didn't want to play it the next day because I knew what I was going to have to do, and I was just I was ready to be at the end, and I was ready to figure out why I was even playing this game in the first place. Oh my god! Um, and I think that this is probably one of the worst game design moments that's ever happened in the history of games. And I think some might excuse it as being an older game, so it's okay. But I don't think games that came out 15 years before this, I never saw an issue just this disheartening. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe that is just me and just being pessimistic and like kind of trying to figure out why I'm even playing games to begin with because it's getting harder and harder to play games every day, uh, just like justifying the time that goes into it. And it just, I don't know, something like that. It was I, I definitely, if I, if I wasn't playing, like doing the podcast, I wouldn't have finished. I would have stopped right there because that's such like, I don't know how you miss making such a big error in your storytelling but yeah, that, this is actually one of the one of the times where you're being super negative about the game that I'm going to agree with you because it was it was crazy unnecessary and it felt like it felt like a kind of a desperate attempt to extend a game that's already mm-hmm. incredibly long to begin with. Yeah, and it didn't need it. Didn't yeah, it's need like to happen. it's like twelve fucking hours already. Like, yeah. why does it need to be stretched out even further? Well, without this and without the Sniper Wolf retrace and stuff like that, you're probably looking at, like, nine hours. And, like, for, for back in that day, like, in the... That, that's perfect. I feel like that's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, and I'm sure that there's, like, more time that goes into it uh, with, like, with it just being a new-gen game. And then, like, you've got to think, if, if the game is really good, like, there's replay value. Like, I would already be replaying the game if I didn't know that I had to do the PAL stuff and the Sniper Wolf stuff. Like, just to, you know, see, like, oh, let me see if I can do this without killing anybody or, you know, I don't know, things like that. Because we, we agreed on the backtracking, too, because I, I talked about this as, like, my dad had a pep talk me and to keep playing the game did, after did your dad part. hand you money when this part happened no i didn't i actually managed <laughs> to get through this one on my own but it was like he was i i, I feel like and i may be wrong here but i feel like he was watching me play at this point <laughs> he and just I shows kinda, up at the hardest <laughs> points and stares at like, the back <laughs> of your head <laughs> my dad's my uh my spirit guy <laughs> Yeah, your dad, your dad was actually never there at all. He, uh, oh. he, uh, <laughs> he, he right. astral plane projected from uh, from his job every time he yeah. felt like he needed a little uplift. I feel Sam's distress. I must go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like he was watching me at this point, and I remembered how like how like excited he got for me and wanted me to like keep going after that backtracking part. So I just kind of like sucked it up and did it. Mm. Even though I was getting like visibly more frustrated as as time goes on when I was playing, it sounds like an anime subplot. Like at some point, Sam's just like, "I must do this for my father." <laughs> oh, it was. Um, <laughs> wait, no, you've met me before. Like you, you know, I'm a cartoon. Yeah, that's true. Um, Isaac, I'm gonna ask you because you've been awfully quiet for this. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> why did you finish the game? And we'll we'll talk about whether or not you actually finished the game here in a second. But why did you, why did you play till past this part? <laughs> uh oh. Why did I do this? Yeah. Part? Why did you continue to play at this moment? Um, I think I had put the game down for a little bit um, before <laughs> I, I did this. Because <clears throat> I was you like, had to prepare your body. Yeah, I was. I knew it was coming ahead, and I was like, I'm not going to go through this right now. But I think when I woke up one day, I can't remember when I did this, but <clears throat> I'm just going to say this is what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being so upfront with us. <laughs> but I woke up, and I was like, all right. I'm going to do it today. And I did it. I just know? imagine Isaac waking up being like, today's the day. <laughs> Stretching out, you know. Um, but I didn't think it was, I mean, it was just annoying. It was more than anything. It was just having to walk that much or, you know, with your little fingers. <laughs> with, with my what? Your, your block hand. <laughs> so, two quick things. I really wish that the back of the box for Metal Gear Solid Five was just like fun open world game, fantastic conclusion to the Metal Gear saga, and then right below it, it just says "and the return of the PAL key." Oh no! Like I would just I like throw it in the street. I would have returned it to GameStop immediately. Don't you work at GameStop? No, Aaron Me? does. Uh, Aaron. Okay. What if on the bag it just says in a in a good friend has returned and it just says pal? <laughs> good pal. No, no, your your good pal has returned. And it's like really ominous. Like, what do you mean? We like, know you missed pal? <laughs> the pal card is the fine. Actually, no. I've I'm 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 actually playing Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, and the pal key is spoilers. The final boss. <laughs> the pal key is the Patriots. <laughs> um, so, Patriots and left at yeah. Um, oh, and other, other. I'm sorry. The other oh, thing. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Good. That was annoying. Um, apart from the backtracking, was having to wait in the room for it to turn. Yep. Like you had to just run run around in the room mm-hmm. for yeah. like five minutes, and then it would finally turn blue or red. I was like, ugh. Ugh. <sighs> I. I will say, um, can we let's let's commit to a little exercise real quick? Let's go around the room. Let's just think for a second. Play devil's advocate. Is this a skit? No, it's not a skit. <laughs> let's play devil's advocate. Why the fuck would you keep this in the game? Like, is there any reason? Literally, like, just, what Sam said, just to lengthen the game. You think it's just for padding? Yeah, and well, I, one, I think padding. Two, I think. Hideo kind of had it backwards to where he was like, oh, like, I just gave him Metal Gear. Let me keep him going for a little bit longer until, the, you know, you get to fight Metal Gear. And, you know, I, bad idea. He was trying to, like, prolong the foreplay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why I think it makes sense in kayfabe, and if you don't know that word, it's a wrestling term. Look it up. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, let me go to Google. Um, <laughs> Let me go to my co- um, my kosher Google, kugel.com. There's Google news that. all about this kayfabe. How the oh, fuck wow. do you spell it? It's kayfabe. It is it is the portrayal of staged events within an industry as real or true. So it's like pretending everything about wrestling is real. So pretending that the world of Metal Gear is real. I don't I, I don't the, pretend, dog. Okay. 
<laughs> I think the the reason why it would this card would exist is that a lot of it's a nuclear it's a nuclear launch weapon. So a lot of like those things have like the suitcases and they have like like three tier authentic authentication things. This is just like this world's unique way of perpetuating it. That makes sense. We had to just kind of like um the academic term for cafe is verisimilitude. So to just play into the world, I guess. Oh, is that an actual thing? Yeah. Hey, um, nice. can I play the devil's devil's advocate? Yeah, double du- double devil dog, double dip in that. Double. Okay, Triple so D. if that was the case, and I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I mean, that sounds logical to me. But um, you know how doing the whole sequence or whatever will turn it will is like a switch. It it'll either turn or activate it or deactivate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So what if it was activated and you're trying to quickly deactivate it? Uh, I mean that process doesn't really work in that in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, because that's that's it's a very binary system that they have in place here. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a light switch is protecting Metal Gear. Like, who the fuck thought up this system? Good point. Dude, I feel like Snake definitely should have gotten on the Kodak with Otacon and just been like, you stupid motherfucker, why would you do this? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, real quick before we move forward, I want to spotlight this fucking saint of patience that I've discovered on Game FAQs. You mean Bilbo Boy? No, Gas Mask 13, three years ago, posted a forum into the general MGS talk that just says, I keep dying after I put the PAL key in the third time. I'm seriously stuck. And the forum thread goes to talk about how every time he gets the card key changed to the third thing, he fucking dies in the gas room and has to do the whole thing over again and has done it multiple times. No. So who is this champion of patience? <laughs> champion of patience and social justice. Jesus Christ, that guy is ugh. Yeah. I want that. I want that determination <laughs> for anything. Oh hey, real quick, Isaac mentioned like the activation deactivation. Mm-hmm. Um and I know Alessio also mentioned um the like they you obviously know that they see you and you know what's going on. Um, and I think, all right, so it's very easy to decipher the fact that, like, they intentionally want you to activate Metal Gear because you're oh, the one yeah. with the PAL card. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, that only adds to, like, what I was saying to where it's like, I really don't want to do this because I don't want to be the one activating <laughs> this. And, like, I literally know what it's about to do. And for an hour and a half, two hours, I'm, like, walking around just like, fuck, this is, like, not what I want to happen whatsoever. Um, but that, but that's the, uh, but that's the secret. There is that you are actually the one activating Metal Gear, and I, I, uh, calling back to episode one when I talked about, um, about uh, hearing the helicopter in the background when you're talking to Master Miller in, in the ducks. Mm-hmm. This is when he reveals that Master Miller has been dead the whole time, and it's actually liquid. Hell yeah! Listen, when you when you input all three cards and then. You get a call that call that call from um, 
Master Miller and you got played like a damn fiddle. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. he feels the need to, on a system uh, of communication in which I think they can't see each other, yeah, pull off feels his the mask. need to pull off his like, sunglasses and whip his hair. <laughs> Reveal himself. <laughs> like, you, you, you kind of forget that sometimes. Like, Kodak, you, it's just like an audio thing. You can't see anybody. Mm-hmm. But, like, you forget that because they do the little pictures on the codec screen. Yeah. So you actually are looking at something instead of just numbers. So it's more for me and less for Snake. Well, I could have... Yeah. It was weird. Like, this happens a lot during their conversations, but it seems like they do see each other. I don't know. I mean, I know they don't, but, like, whenever... I don't know. Um, like, when Snake... Well, I feel like it's kind of like the whole thing with the pictures for us because they're reacting to each other, yeah. but it's for us. Like a fourth wall other. type thing. Yeah. Let's pull another double devil's advocate. Oh, let's talk no. about. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and then, and maybe like Liquid's was just like a method actor, and like to switch characters, he has to be himself. Like, he has to. Well, and that like, goes let, that goes back to what we were doing, uh, calling bullshit on their whole like Saturday morning cartoon master plan meeting. Because Cameron yeah. saying that now means that of course they were doing it because they wanted to lure Snake in. So mm-hmm. that Snake would do his stupid thing. So it's just a lot of, a lot of layers of things happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So after this, we uh, go and we put the third key card in. If you haven't cut your fucking wrists open with your fingernails at this point, and um, the door gets locked and gas gets pumped into the room, I was the kid who put on the gas mask and tried to find ways to blow up the cameras or chaff grenade or hide or whatever and so i would almost die and then waste all my rations in this room constantly trying to find a way to get out and the secret is to just call otacon and he just unlocks it for you yeah did you guys have any trouble here isaac i know you you were talking i'm not trying to call you out but you you've been telling us that you die frequently so did you die in this room the first time frequently you died in here what did you die in here? Oh yeah. Oh, is that a does bad it reset? So, does it reset to this spot? Yeah, it's like oh, after. Well, well hold on, let me think about this. I know I didn't have to do the whole crap, like like all over the walking all over again. Um, so we're giving gas mask dude way too much credit. Yeah, let me redact our game FAQ spotlight. <laughs> Saint of patience, <laughs> gas mask. I think it, when I when I died in this room, um, I had to. Uh, what did I have to do? I just had to input the third key. It it just uh, where it uh, it brought you back was when you had to insert the third key. Gotcha. And then that was it. What well, just to speed us along here because we are kind of running out of time for this episode. Um, now we get to fight a robot. Yeah. The robot. <laughs> We're gonna take our big old spotlight that we shown on gas mask, and I'm gonna get up in the get up in the rafters, and I'm gonna reposition that spotlight back on our good old friend Bilbo boy. <laughs> he uh, he has here, and I quote: "This is the hardest and worst boss battle in the game." Did you guys have? Well, real quick, Isaac, did you finish this fight? Oh, what me? What? Yeah, did you ever beat Metal Gear X? Um. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds like a resounding yes to me, guys. All right, Cameron. Let's continue. Cameron, tell me about your your date with the devil. Um, it was difficult, but it was just another case of like 
oh, I've got your pattern now, you're not even hitting me, and I just have to make sure that I do this thing ten times in a row. And then I Very did neat. Man. Real quick before we bounce to everybody else's opinions, I forgot to mention that as the fight is happening, Snake's about to get straight fucking murdered by... Yeah, uh, by, by foot. By Frank Yeager. Okay, um, this is dope. Yeah, it's dope as shit. So, real quick, just to kind of get everybody up to speed, just in case people aren't playing and they're relying on us. Frank Yeager, or Gray Fox, is the ninja from earlier in the game that we fought, and it turns out that he has mysteriously come back to Shadow Moses Island. However, and correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, we find out his backstory from his sister before this. Naomi Campbell. Who is Naomi. And it turns out that Naomi intentionally reactivated him here. Oh, man. Um, yeah, we've been skipping over, like, all the plot stuff. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, a big game for us to tackle in, like, four episodes. But yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so essentially the whole sort of Frank Yeager plot line is that she, Naomi reactivated him and was working on him for all this stealth, crazy future tech, technology, wartime stuff. And, uh... Gray Fox only knows the battlefield and only knows fighting and is subconsciously kind of protecting his friend who we will find out more about in Metal Gear 2, their relationship in Metal Gear 1. Um, what did you guys think of, because I mean, at this point, Frank Yeager is just dead, 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 like forever yeah. dead for the rest of the series, except for the prequel games. So what? Frank Yeager is a character. Um, Real quick, can you not say stuff like that? Because you just ruined everything. Ruined what? <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I was being sarcastic. I don't know if that came across, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Two right now, and I've actually encountered a, a strikingly similar ninja, and this oh, is man. in the future. So now I know that that is not going to be my Jaeger bomb. I don't know, and man. It is in fact Maybe going to be someone else. Maybe. Who knows, man? Red herrings. Uh, Who knows about any of this stuff, guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so Mr. Frank Yeager is down for the count, maybe, question mark. Um, what did you guys think of his sort of story arc within the game? I thought I found it as one of the more sort of satisfying stories in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think? Isaac. Of his sacrifice. Um, My sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. It pulled everything together. Um, uh, and I guess cinematically, it was also a really cool cutscene, if I remember correctly. Um, it was very. Uh, was this the one that was very psychedelic in nature? I don't know. I can't what game are you playing, dog? Oh, you know me. Just This is the one where. Uh he Gray Fox, uh, he Mega Man's the Metal Gear, and then he gets pinned in between the Metal Gear. Oh, wait. It, did yeah, Isaac do this do fight? I, did you get that yeah. far? Yeah. Um, but I thought, all right, so he comes he comes in, and you guys get behind a, a, a container wow. or something, right? And then he's telling you all the stuff, but I thought it yeah. like kicks back to all this crazy stuff that was... Oh, I think it does have flashback little moments in his story. Yeah. Oh, does it? Am I the only one, too? And I I hope this doesn't come across as being insensitive. I feel like... So, Phil Lamar voices Frank Yeager. 
Phil Lamar yep. is also... Isn't he vamp? Yeah, he's also vamp. Mm. Is Phil Lamar a black guy? Yeah. Okay, because I've always I've always thought I was like the ninja sounds strikingly like a black man, but has the face of like a pale white man. Is doesn't the name Lamar clearly? <laughs> 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 the name Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I forgot. I think Phil Lamar is also in um, Office Space. Oh, he is? Is he? Yeah. Like, as him, like, not as himself, but, like, live action. Mm. Anyway, I apologize. Hopefully nobody thinks I'm being racist. That hot fucking oh, photo. Man. I'm gonna link that shit. Oh. Oh, and apparently Phil Lamar is Static Shock, so... Oh, the best man, man. Oh, He's the greatest Oh, man. I know where I've seen Phil Lamar. He's fucking... He's the dude in Pulp Fiction that gets shot in the face in the back of the car. Oh, Yeah. What's his name? Ah, Phil Lamar. I don't know. Fuck. They say his name when they accidentally shoot him in the face. Whatever. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's this whole thing. The thing about, the thing with, um, Gray Fox is that I didn't, I, when I was younger, at least, because obviously I hadn't played Metal Gear 1 and 2 when I was younger, I didn't, I don't think I got the full effect of it as, like, somebody who played it having played 1 and 2. Mm. Dude. I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of us did. I had mm-hmm. I had the extremely unique pleasure of like, all right. So uh, maybe I didn't mention it earlier earlier on, but all right. So I have this on my Vita, or I have Metal Gear on my Vita, and then I have Metal Gear Solid on my PS3. So I was playing Metal Gear while I was at work, and I met um, Gray Fox, and he's this human man who is like tied up. And he's, cap- he's <laughs> captured, and I have to save him. And he's like, bro, thank you so much. Um, probably not. He didn't use those words. Alessio, you don't have to call me out on using the word bro. I know that's not part of the universe. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure people, uh, I don't know. I feel like somebody would call somebody a bro in Metal Gear. The word bro is not bro. kayfabe. <laughs> Dude, it's just, it's just our universe, all right? It's just ours, not none other. But um, no, no, it was like it was really cool for me to see Gray Fox and then whenever I got home, I was playing the game, and then I got the reveal that he was Ninja. And it was like, oh, fuck, what has happened, like, in this time span for it to become that? Like, I'm now fighting this guy. And, and I, think, I think that gave his whole story, like, a bunch of depth to me, I guess. Um, did, so, you, yeah. did you get to him in Metal Gear 2? No, I was not there yet. Um, oh, have you gotten to him since? Wait, what? Did you have you have you finished Metal Gear Two? Yeah, yeah, I did that after Metal Gear Solid, though. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say. So let's talk about how Snake is a fucking bastard to this man mm-hmm. and ruins his life in every fucking game. Yeah, Snake's a chump. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Frank Yeager gets squashed. Um, because I don't know if you guys know this, but foxes hunt jackals. Um, (laughs) but um then we have this fight with the metal gear which is a little bit tricky sam can you tell us about your experience with the metal gear uh death mostly i think Um, i think it's just sort of how we all like i know cameron just mentioned once you get the pattern you're good but it took me a minute to realize you have to knock out that satellite dome yeah yeah and it's it's if you have chaff grenades, now is the time to use them, uh, for sure. Um, because 
he can't see you, so he's just kind of like firing blind. And when he uses the chaff grenades, and you take the missile and you shoot the satellite, and then once you figure it out, it's relatively easy. Um, yeah. Isaac, let's pretend that you beat it. Can you tell us what it would have been like? It was so easy, <laughs> and it, you know, kind of. We just hung out together and watched TV. <laughs> it was the best time, you know. <laughs> I just pictured them just like sitting down. And oh yeah, he didn't kill Ninja, so it was the you know even better. <laughs> Ninja showed up, and the three of you guys. <laughs> no, I just chilled for. A, <laughs> I can go here and chill. <laughs> metal ch- metal chill solid. <laughs> <laughs> they just hung out and watched reruns of the Wayne's Brothers. That's what I do every day. <laughs> All yeah. right, so yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Isaac, I can go, go into my dread if you want. Do you want me to? Go into your what? My um, the dread of me playing this. Yeah, play. go for it. What's it been like, man? Tell me about your pain. <laughs> um, so I think the problem stemmed from I didn't know at this point I was gonna have to um, <clears throat> fight Metal Gear X. So at this point I only had I think one or two rations. One, I think I had like one ration. Um, so. Um, getting past the first part was terrible because it was almost impossible for me to do it with one ration. Um, I don't know. You guys probably just flew through it. But uh, once I played it about 100 times, I was able to um, get past the first part without getting hit. Um, Jesus. Yeah, that's how many times I... <laughs> <laughs> Isaac speed runs the Metal Gear X fight for fun now. So, Just so, <laughs> I speed run the game to feel alive. <laughs> and then this is where I stopped playing. All right, so in the in the second, oh crap, hold on. Whoa, what were those sounds? Yeah. Mm, so then the second part, for some reason, when I was even when I aimed the stinger at the cockpit. Um, and it did the little lock-in sound. I would fire it, and he would, it would deal no damage. And I didn't understand that. So I would die because I would not, I couldn't damage him, but he would, you know, inevitably kill me. Um, Sheesh. So I couldn't figure out how to actually hit him because I was, I was trying all the different angles. I was like, maybe if I stand on this side and I lock on, it'll damage him. I mean, sometimes it would hit him, but... I think the cockpit itself has to open up for him to be vulnerable. Wait, Is really? that right? Yeah, I think yeah. Too? you do You do the dish until the cockpit, op- the cockpit opens up, and then you shoot the cockpit. Oh, my gosh. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because every time the cockpit, or the dish, like, gets hit, doesn't the Metal Gear scream a little bit? Yeah. The dish? Yeah. What dish? The radome on top, the satellite... Oh, that I thought the satellite uh, you talk, you're talking about on the left or the right yeah, side. Yeah, I think you have to hit it. That you have was, to hit something to get it to open. Yeah, that was the right. Uh, that was the first part. You had to destroy the satellite. No, oh yeah, yeah. The first to part. disable the missile targeting. Yeah. But I think there's you have to shoot something else to get the cockpit to open because really? you're technically you're not hitting the metal gear. You're hitting liquid <laughs> with a missile. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so. I'll revisit it, but... Um, Did you end up watching a video or something to see the ending, or are we about to blow the lid off of that for you? No way, man. I beat it. Okay. In a video. 
Oh, okay. Good. good. You, you streamed it, you mean. <laughs> exactly. Isaac streamed his victory. He was so proud of it. I actually found this really cool website that has like a ton of videos of this one guy playing through all these games. Oh. Well, let's just do that as a podcast. We'll just live commentate <laughs> on this guy's Let's Plays. He did it in like six hours. And I was like, holy, holy shit. That's probably so. faster than this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um. But yeah, so that goes down. Um, essentially, this is around the time where, sort of based on the uh, torture sequence, you get different things. Um, yeah. So Snake either tries to kind of wake Meryl up, but realizes that she's dead, or Snake wakes Meryl up and then kind of goes off and or tries to wake her up, realizes she's alive, and then goes on to like a different sort of conversation. Um, but him and Liquid have this shirtless, sweaty, fire, <laughs> sweaty man fight, man fight with of, fists on top, on of, top of Metal Gear, Gear, which is the coolest fucking thing in the world. And I think before I die, and if I have any money in savings, this is what I'm going to want to do. We're going to reenact this. <laughs> We're going to have Fight Club on a fucking burning Metal Gear. I'm down. Did you guys enjoy the uh, fighting game, or did it not work for you guys? How did you feel? Um, I, I'm a lit. I'm a lit. Oh, what? Cameron. Oh, you want me to take this? Yeah. All right. Um, can, can he I, hated it. <laughs> can I go a little bit beyond this point? Are, are you going to go beyond the beyond? No. Gonna hit the, are you going to hit that Jeep? Yeah, I'm going to hit that Jeep. All right, this take, is all take us to the to Jeep. Me. Yeah, let it flow, though. you got to set it up for the viewers at home. <sighs> all right. For a listener. <sighs> for the viewers at home. I'm sure that you've played Final Fantasy VII. And to me, a good way to compare the ending of this game is you fight Metal Gear, and that's like when you go to fight Sephiroth, and then you get the sweet punching duel on top of Metal Gear, and that's when you and Cloud and Sephiroth have like your little solo battle. But then after this, I want you to imagine what would happen if after that fight with Sephiroth, you went to the Golden Saucer, and you had a chocobo race with Sephiroth at the end of the game. <laughs> and just how fucking, I don't know, just so terrible. Just like, I don't know. I'll, I'll stop. But like, that, that was just another really bad uh, thing to me personally. Like a bad choice. Like I, I thought the fight was like a really dope ass way to end it. And it would like they the conversation that they had outside could have been had inside with like liquid hanging over the edge or something or you know in a number Fox. of things. Yeah. Die. 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 Yeah. Isaac, what did you think of the Jeep? Um, what did you think of the ending of Halo One before Halo One in this game? <laughs> I liked Halo when Halo One. Um, I I really like Metal Gear Halo. I kind of like the um, uh, that uh, we're talking about Halo, right? So yeah. Um, I guess you had like ten minutes or whatever to beat it or to get out of it, and I thought it was. I mean, it was hard, but I thought it was really fun. Um, unlike this one, apparently. Is that right? Did you just did I say did the right just, thing? Did you just point at Cameron when you said this one, or were you talking about the game? <laughs> the ga- oh, okay. This I thought you were like, unlike this one. 
No. Um. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I get you. You got me. Gotcha. Sam, what do you think? Um, I I'm actually with I'm agreeing with Cameron a lot. I'm actually with Cameron because I thought that the the fist fight with Liquid was really cool, and I feel like they could have had that moment after the Jeep in there, and then had him die, and then just have like another just like a cutscene. But it just it seems like it's like um adding it feels like they were adding tension to the end of the game when they really didn't need to. Like you just fought a giant robot that um, that just killed yeah. a good friend of yours, and then you had a fist fight with your freaking brother uh, because that was something we skipped over too. We didn't talk about how they, uh, Liquid calls him brother, and then they reveal that their son's a big boss. Um, clone sons. Clones, yeah, clones. Clone yeah. Les enfants terribles. <laughs> yeah, those terrible um, children. Yeah. And then they they reveal that, and you just had a fist fight with your brother. They didn't need to artificially like like ham fist a jeep battle in the end of the game. Mm-hmm. There was no need for it. It shouldn't have been there. I will say that. So I'm gonna play Kojima's advocate on this. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> So I think, yes, I, I, I think all of this shit stems from going back to the sort of kayfabe, verisimilitude stuff we were talking about. I think the backtracking throughout the game has been done in a way to kind of, like, keep it feeling like, oh, shit, Snake doesn't have a sniper rifle. There wouldn't be one over here. Let's make him run back. Like, and same with the card keys. I almost feel like with this, it's like, dude, the, like, Secretary of Defense or whoever the fuck it is um just said that they're about to carpet bomb the entire facility like you need to get the fuck out of there and so yeah. i see the the i see the reason it's almost like watching somebody's like first film like i see the reason why you think we should see the man walk to the bathroom and then go to the bathroom and then walk downstairs and then eat lunch and I also see the reason why you might want to just show the man in the bathroom and then show the man eating lunch and then show the man in his car without the walking in between. But I definitely feel like this whole thing kind of, if the pacing would have been tightened, I feel like we all would have been like, man, that was a really cool sequence altogether. Yeah. But I, th- but I think they, I inter- agree with they that, interrupt but it, it too much. it also wasn't tightened at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just felt like it, kind of fell into place wherever it, wherever it kind of wanted to. Yeah, yeah. with with what um, you're saying with the um with the like oh they're going to nuke the place. They could have placed that right before the Metal Gear Rex fight. That's and true. that would have been dope. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good idea. But we are talking about this game like almost almost 10 years, no, 20 years uh, after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but see, like, a, a lot of the problems that I'm talking about, actually, like, all of the problems that I'm talking about that I have with this game are not technological things that are... No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about hindsight being 2020. Like, anytime you work on anything, like, in the heat of the moment, it's like, no, this is right. But then, like, five days later, you might be like, fuck, what did we do? Uh, well, I mean, does that apply? Because I'm playing this for the first time, so I'm not having any sort of, like, 10, 15 it- years ago. Yeah, but also, like, critical thinking of games in general has, like, changed a lot. Like, you've been exposed to a lot of shit up until this point. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I, mean, I don't know. I've mainly just played, like, Final Fantasy games. So. 
I haven't been exposed to the dope, the dope. But with that being said, I, I agree with you, but I feel like... I don't know. How old was Kojima whenever he did this? Uh, I'm not sure. 1998, Kojima was born in 64, I think. Don't ask me why I know that. Yeah, I was about to say, man. <laughs> so he would have been 30, 34? Would he? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, sorry. Kojima was born in 63. I fucked up. Mm. Oh, so 33 then. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Because right now he's 52. So yeah, he would have been 33. So Cameron, that's if if Joey B would have made this game. That's how old he was. Mm. Yeah, that's still really fucking young, in my opinion, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't. Mm, I I agree and I disagree. Well, I think I do too. Like that's what makes this so tricky because it's just like. Yeah. I want it to be shaved down like a motherfucker, but then at the same time, like, I almost feel like that takes the Kojima-ness out of it. Mm. So, I don't know. Word? Um, so, yeah, after this, we get um, sort of this ending monologue. Um, I will say, before Liquid dies, we get this ending monologue. Um, essentially, during the fist fight, it leads to a Jeep sequence chase, which we've been talking about, and some pretty pretty shady first-person turret shooting sequences which are fucking near impossible if you don't do the first person so don't even fuck with that um but you get to the end of the tunnel and essentially we're racing out of there because the colonel has told you like yo dude um they're about to airstrike the weapons disposal facility just to wipe all traces of this shit off the face of the earth they don't want to take any chances and so Liquid, Solid, and Meryl and or Otacon, depending on who has survived, um, are speeding out of this tunnel. There's like a wreck. Liquid ends up under the Jeep. Um, he has like a little monologue with Snake as he dies. And we kind of get the, the wrap up on Liquid and Solid's relationship is that Liquid talks about how they are both clones of their father, Big Boss. Um, however, Liquid is under the impression that he was deemed the shit one and given the recessive genes and that snake was the dominant one who was given all of the best genes and was turns engineered out, to succeed yeah it turns out that liquid's the one with the dominant genes and that's why fox die killed him because naomi rigged it to kill the dominant genes in big boss yeah and snake survived that happening yeah which takes us back to the fact that we did not talk about the fact that the fox die that killed the darpa chief and Armstack President and you Liquid. Mean, um, you mean a, a decoy? Oh yeah, decoy octopus. Yep. Um, yeah. So we're just gonna list out twists at this point. Um, the <laughs> virus was coded by Naomi. And by the way, the DARPA chief is not the DARPA chief. He was decoy octopus, who is a member of Foxhound. So who was planted to try and get information from you because Ocelot fucked up and killed the DARPA chief. Fucked up in air quotes. Because, super twist, apparently Ocelot's been fucking playing everybody like a fiddle and has just been collecting the uh, Metal Gear data for, drumroll please, the President of the United States of America. Who is? <laughs> and what's his name? George Sears. What's his code name? We, we can't talk about that yet. Oh, really? Well, doesn't that happen in two? No, it happens in one. He says his code name. He does? Yeah. He actually says oh, yeah. his code name before he says Mr. President. Oh. 
Well, it's, so it's it, Solidus Snake. Uh, yeah. Dope. So, so yeah, those are solid, those are all the twists. Solidus. Those yeah. are all the twists, and then we we wrap it all up with riding off into the sunset, followed with the ending theme music, uh, which is this very corny like J-pop anime eg- exit music. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You like it? How dare you? I love that song. Dude, that's that makes come. me cringe so hard. Oh, best part man, about the whole so game. Good. The the part that had me cringing was like the hey, if you didn't understand that this is about life surviving, let me show you a bunch oh, of deers yeah. and consistently repeat, we got to survive. <laughs> I do like the uh I do love the like corny fucking like show real life footage at the end of this game mm-hmm. yeah. they do it in like all of them yeah they've done it throughout this game they, they show like some bomb footage and uh, like people prepping weapons and stuff like that I like it yeah it's cool so Isaac one, like, what did you think when you saw it um I saw both endings cause I was special and <laughs> Isaac actually played through it twice for the show yeah I had to play through it twice for you guys <laughs> um <laughs> I thought the ending with Meryl was hilarious and very um, corny. Yeah. Porny? <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you know that too. But, you know. but it was like... You guys didn't get the secret ending? <laughs> Snake was... It, I don't know. It was weird. It seemed like Snake was not Snake. Like the way he was acting. I don't know. That's kind of like the first time you get any sort of... Erection? Interaction, interaction <laughs> with Snake, where like I don't know, he's talking and he's stating his feelings as opposed to repeating someone's statement <laughs> to them. Yeah, it's weird. Because <laughs> doesn't he like? I just want to th- like. Doesn't he reveal like my name's David? Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they never bring it up again. Yeah, they're just like she doesn't prompt him whatsoever. <laughs> he's just like, by the way. <laughs> Hey, you know my name's David. You know, it's, you know, it's funny about that is that David and David Otacon, Hader. David and Hal. Oh yeah, is uh, the two main characters from 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, and I think that's what they were trying to go with. Yeah. If you uh, did, you guys get which ending? Did you guys get? I got them both. Oh, oh, my bad. Yeah. Dog, well, I played it. So yeah, many it's times, been a while. So, yeah, yeah I, got, I got the Meryl one. Does she evolve? Anyway, the the ending with Otacon was even more hilarious because at the end, um, when he introduces himself, he's like, by the way, my name's David, or whatever. (laughs) I I like your snake voice. (laughs) Snake goes, (laughs) under his breath, he goes, um, like, like Dave and and Hal. And they both bust out laughing. (laughs) 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 And then they ride off across the... uh, (laughs) Like Dave and Busters. (laughs) (laughs) And they go play mini games. It becomes becomes mini games during the credits. (laughs) Let me get that ski ball in. (laughs) That's crazy. But yeah, so The Best is Yet to Come plays in the background. We get the credit roll. uh, It's actually better than the two ending music because I did not like that one at all. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the end of the game. Um, we're, we are not going to dive into too many wrap up thoughts because the next little episode is just going to be wrap up thoughts and ideas for the sequel. 
Um, oh. However, I do want to hear everybody's sort of general consensus now that we've completely been through the game. Isaac, what was your... If you had to review this thing and give me like a, a, a number or a, a figure or something and then give me like a two-sentence kind of back of the box, what would you, what would you say? Um, summing up the game? No, summing up like your feelings on the game. Oh, feelings. Um, Tell me about your feelings. feelings. I would give it... Hmm. Out of ten? You do. It could be like cheese out of pizza. Oh, like I don't. Man. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Just tell me. Tell me what you got. I'll give it a eight point six. <laughs> and why specifically eight point six? Um, alright, so I started at the 10 because I thought it was a, you know, um, one of those games that were ahead of its time. But then I subtracted 1.4 because I couldn't finish it. it, was, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. That's how much finishing a game is worth the item. Like yep. That's a good metric. <laughs> but it, I, I really, I really love this game. Um, I mean, it was very frustrating, but. Uh, Although the good relationships usually are. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I guess most of them men too, right? Is that what we're getting at? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're done we're done with the podcast, guys. We're just covering the first game. Oh okay. man. I'm sorry. Anyway, but yeah, solid game. Eight point six out of did 10. Did you just say solid game? Yeah. I did. Good job. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? Um, I would, I, thinking about it, I would probably give it a nine. Because I think that um, it's, it's one of the more important games that have come out in the last like many years. Um, it was very ahead of its time for what it was doing. And I think um, had it not put in like those couple sequences, like the backtracking and the... Uh, the um the key card stuff it would have been a, almost almost a perfect game for the time that it came out honestly so i would give it probably a 9 sweet i'm bracing myself for cameron <laughs> man am, uh, I, am I that bad brace yourself for cameron is it that bad no, I just like the phrase "brace yourself for Cameron." <laughs> All right, Cameron, my my butt cheeks are clenched. Are you guys yeah, braced? My, my, my asshole my butt is so tight. <laughs> so so tight right now. Uh, I gotta stretch for this one. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, guys, he's about to hit it out of the park. What happened? I'm flexing real hard. Hold on, I'm. I gotta cherish let, this because me and Cameron's friendship might be over shortly. Yeah, just let it happen. I'm kidding, It'll be I'm over kidding. soon. All right, uh, Alessio, you're correct. Uh, friendship is over after this. Damn! Oh, that's that's the rating. Six out of ten. Um, no, uh, silly. Turn it upside down. That's a nine. No, no, it's definitely a six. Um, yeah, yeah, six, six out of ten. And the reason why I say that is because I think this game is really. It has a lot of unique factors about it that really like set it apart from other games, and I think it aged flawlessly. I don't think like 
any of the problems with this game are due to age or uh, any technological things like that. But um, overall, I think the story was uh, not necessarily the story. Hold on. Um, overall, I think everything was uh, sort of thrown together and there wasn't a whole lot of consideration for uh, the person receiving the game. I felt like a lot of this was Kojima like jerking off, not caring where his come went. Um, and, I mean, that that's okay. That I, I totally think that it's okay to make art like that. But I think as, as someone who's trying to enjoy that, I don't know. Maybe, I, I feel like I'm not wording that properly, but... Um, yeah. Zero out of ten would not play again. <laughs> no, I hear I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's tough because like I I don't know, like uh there there are times where I was playing it and I just I really, really enjoyed it and like there were a few key things that really kept me coming back and like made the game really stand out. But then there were just some parts where it was like, How could you not even consider how upsetting and disenchanting this is going to be to the game? And uh, maybe with what Alessio said, people not having played a lot of games before that uh, didn't really have any sort of um, preconceived notions of like how to tell a story and things like that. But I mean, I also disagree. I mean, Kojima's in his 30s and he's obviously read books and he's seen movies and he is aware of uh, what storytelling is. And if he wants to be a storyteller, I'm sure he's attempted to learn the methodology behind telling a story. And I don't feel like there is any of that involved with this game whatsoever. I felt like this was a a sandbox for a bunch of different ways of, uh, Never mind, I'm going to stop right there. But yeah, Alessio, what did you think? Why why did you stop? Uh, Just because it was just going to be a rant, I guess. Dude, I heard like the orchestral score kicking up behind you. (laughs) Just like... (laughs) (laughs) um no i it's so hard for me to give this like a fair assessment i guess because i i'm with you there because i gave it a nine but it's kind of like coming from a bias sort of dude it's weird like so on the one hand i can and this is why it's really weird to kind of hear the things that Cameron says and not be able to really kind of respond. And that's kind of why I've been very quiet for pretty much a lot of the responses, except for like the funny stuff, because I'm so like imbued with this kid logic. That's like, what do you mean? Like that's fucking second nature. And then I'm like, Oh wait, it's because I put hundreds of hours into this game that like, I don't even have to think about it. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. Like, on the one hand, I completely see where Cameron's coming from, and I completely agree with it. But then on the other hand, like, the opposite. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So, I think in, in, the, in, the, in the spirit of that, so, like, the backtracking was shit. But I almost, so, in, okay, so with me, it's not like, I like how Isaac did it, because he set, like, a high score and then chipped away at it. Um, and I've definitely seen reviews do that. He only chipped away at it. For, yeah, for, for one thing. Able to beat it. Um, but at the same time, like, 
I almost want to judge it just based on like does it accomplish what it wants to accomplish and I feel like in a lot of ways Kojima did what he wanted to do with it because I've never heard him like talk shit about it and I don't know I don't know if that's just him being polite or what but it just seems like everybody who was involved really enjoyed doing it and I think it's difficult because with a movie there's like a three act structure and there's like a very set rigid like this is how you tell a story but a movie is also two hours and a book and a novel is much more free form and you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want and we live and breathe these characters for like a month of our lives so games fit in this kind of weird in between and so for me I don't know I, I just I definitely get the gripes but I feel like the gripes are just hyper annoying and not so bad as to make the experience not worth enjoyment so I don't know, man. I think in the spirit of like the dissonance that I'm having, I'm gonna have to like retroactively give it like I don't know, probably like I'd say between like a seven and an eight out of ten. Here's where here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna compromise. I'm gonna take a point and a half away from it for every time I felt like I wanted to quit playing it back when it first came out. So on that token it'd probably be a seven. Yeah. Because I, if a game does something that makes you want to quit playing it out of frustration, that's kind of poor game design. And um, well, that's looking also kind look, of and like from Software's entire fucking stable of games right now is well, yeah, but like that's that's the whole game and that's the point of the game. The point of Metal Gear Solid was not to do that. That's true. Um, and I feel like I, I, I can say 7 is not a bad game. 7 is actually a very good game in the realm of video games because I do feel like the game itself accomplished what it wanted to as, where, as far as storytelling goes. And I will always appreciate it for being that game. And there's, no, there's nothing anybody can say that will take that away from Metal Gear Solid, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as sim- simply as far as gameplay, I think I'm going to have to I'll give it a seven because because I wanted to quit playing the game legitimately twice, mm-hmm. and it's and it's that way every single time I play it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like in this situation, this is why I don't like numerical game scores because I feel like it doesn't fucking really say anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I definitely think like the plot was strong. The gameplay was so-so, but that's always been kind of like a second... Like, prior to, like, 3, 4, and 5, it seems like gameplay has always just been kind of, like, hanging out for the ride. Like, gameplay is the Garth to the stories, like, Wayne, you know what I mean? Um, And so I just... I feel like from the sound design and the plot and just... I'm glad, like, this should this game exist? 10 out of 10. Was this game clunky at times? Fucking 7 out of 10 for sure. But there's just so many things about it that like still left a mark on the game industry like to this day. And so. I agree with that. I agree with that, but it's like... If there's a part of a game and you stop playing that game, you don't get that experience. That's true. So the gameplay is... It, the gameplay, while is while being secondary to the story, obviously, it's your funnel. And it's taking you to the important parts of the story. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 a, it's almost kind of foolish to not grade a game on the gameplay as well as the story. So it's kind of the eastern 
way of developing games though for real because even rpgs like make you grind out to get to the story points so there's like very much so this like work hard and be rewarded with story that is like very prevalent in japanese games but um yeah Yeah, that's true it's weird so and that's the that's the reason why i'm like well is the backtracking just like a thing that they didn't think through or is it like legitimately like a like is there a methodology behind it where it's just like no we wanted to give you a little taste of what's to come but then make you work your ass off for it and like regardless of why they did it what cameron said still rings true but it'd be interesting to kind of see that kind of take away but anyway so we're running really fucking late this week sorry guys um Definitely check us out next week. We are going to be giving sort of uh, any sort of final, final, final thoughts before we shut the book on Metal Solid 1, and then we will be um, discussing what we think may happen in the future, and uh, then we will be uh, talking about uh, reading some reader responses or listener responses. Um, So it should be fun. But that has been this week. And don't forget, it's just a box. Just a box.